velvety soft bath hands and some real thud in the back, leading to moments like this and McConaughey, and he's snaking his way through, and in Clark to Glanville, fucking a singer is standing, waiting, pouncing. Big Joel makes his a double. Oh, he's gone through on his own. Josh Matabesi, ender of worlds, destroyer of walls. Spencer whips it away. Beautifully done. Gavin scores. The two young bucks who underline their love of this place earlier in the week. Orlando Bailey and Max Ajomo conspire in thrilling fashion. Hello and welcome to the Bath Rugby Plug, the rugby podcast by the fans, for the fans, plugging the boys in blue, black and white. My name is Gable and for a big, big show, I am delighted to be joined as ever by my good friend and fellow Bath fan, Tom. Tom, big one this week. This is a massive one. Yeah, we've... um... We've been we've been teasing this a little bit on social media, but we've got a we've got a massive guest lined up to, to talk 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 about all things blue, black, and white. And um, yeah, what better timing after one of the great nights that I've had at the at the rec on Friday? Yeah, three from three, three from three, Bath go rocketing up the table, five points from the playoffs, and to talk all about that and all about the black and white of the Barbarians, we will be joined slightly later in the show by Bath legend, a figuratively massive guest and a literally massive guest. It's Matt Banahan, would you believe it, on the Bath Rugby Plug, which is a pretty big get for us, Tom. So exciting times. Amazing times. We've had some some great guests, obviously all, um, you know, uh, as pleased to have them all on as, 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 as each other. But yeah, Matt Banahan, I mean, anyone that listens to this show will have memories of, of Banahan. He was a legend, 100 try man for Bath over 250 appearances, 12 seasons. We'll forgive him for his last couple when he when he went off to uh, across the road to, to to King's home. But yeah, brilliant. And he's been involved. He was he was up commentating at the game on on Friday and has been on 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 local radio kind of you know for, for a lot of the season. So and he's still involved with the club as well. So uh yeah can't wait can't wait to chat to him. It'll be uh, I'll be a, I'll be a bit like a kid in a sweet shop I think because he was a bit of a a bit of an icon for me growing up. Mm. So we, we can say whatever we want now in the next 15 minute section because literally no one's going to listen to this now. Everyone is skipping through to, to that interview with Matt Banahan, but please do stick with us for, for this little chat that we're going to have about the Friday night game, a game that we're both at Tom and a, a fantastic game it was. Why don't we kick off with something we normally end with? And that is the thicker scale reading. The wreck was bouncing on Friday night when Will Butt, my boy Will Butt, big Will Butt, went over in the corner. What was the thicker scale reading from yourself? I mean, my heart. If my the thicker, if the thicker scale was as volatile as my heart rate during those couple of minutes, then it, it really will be be some reading because yeah, massive elation, absolutely bedlam at the wreck when Will Butt went over. Then the kind of silence as we waited painfully for the the TMO to confirm what a what a world class finish it was. But yeah, I think it you know we're three from three for the first time in since since the the start of 2021. Great to beat kind of the oldest rivals in Leicester Tigers in the manner that we did it against some old faces as well in Freddie Burns and Anthony Watson was was it was an amazing feeling. Obviously, we haven't won the league. We have, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. So I think that 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 precludes it being a ten. But I think I couldn't keep the grin off my face for 
the whole of that Friday night and into the weekend. So I, I think it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna touch a nine for me, G. It's uh it's probably a record on this podcast for me, but it was it was a great moment. It's 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 why you put in all the all the hours being a supporter and um thick and thin is is we've been on the thin side for much of the time we've done this podcast, but that was a that was one of the thickest moments, yeah. Yeah, it was a, a thick moment, wasn't it? I think you're about right with a nine. I don't think we can we can get to a ten in, until we maybe maybe do win something somewhere down the line of this show. It was a brilliant, brilliant finish to the game, wasn't it? Will Butt with that remarkable finish, not on penalty advantage as well, which is just incredible. And and kind of that was the game. And yeah, the photo that is everywhere now of him and Anthony Watson, ex Bath man. Who had a brilliant game, trying to push him out and just unable to do so. Um, yeah, it was just fantastic. And then the little scuffle afterwards with Burns right in the mix of it with Red Path. It was a, a great way to, to to end an evening of, yeah, as you say, ups and downs from, from a Bath point of view. And in particular, in that first half, we were on the ropes in a big, big way. And I think on another night, unfortunately, Leicester or another side might have been out of sight some magic in the air I felt like with with some of the luck that went our way I think so it was you know we we spoke to the the, the guys huh? on the the Leicester podcast <laughs> yeah he had a shocker didn't he yeah he did real, <laughs> real shocker our position outside centre it was an area that the the Leicester guys last week had flagged as somewhere where you know they were they were they were missing players 10 internationals missing as well I hadn't played in four weeks so not to to to, to piss on the parade but it it, it felt like you know Tigers were there for the taking, obviously the champions, and it felt like a massive opportunity. But they, you know, they they still fielded a decent side. But how we clung on in that first half, G, to you know, only to be seven points in deficit at the halftime interval, with all the chances that they had. So 62% possession, 75% territory in that first half. Our first visit into the 22 was on 30 minutes for the for the Ted Hill try. So we didn't have any ball whatsoever and they were winning the collisions. They had chances, which, you know, as you mentioned, they, they didn't take the, 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 the Potter, the Potter, well, couple of drops really that, that they had and then opportunities out wide as well that they, they, they squandered, but we, you know, we did find a way to, to, to stay in the game. And I think credit to a couple of huge, huge individual heroic moments in that in, in in that first half, which we can which we can come on to, it was a fantastic effort to stay in the game, wasn't it? But but you're right, Leicester making some some really uncharacteristic errors, and yeah, Harry Potter, we made the joke but didn't actually say the name, copped coughing the ball over twice, and you know another couple of mistakes in the second half. Mm. It, it wasn't a good night from him at all, and I think it was a side that hadn't played in hadn't played a Premiership game in four weeks. Um, and that kind of showed up, I think, in that first half. And and the other thing that showed up was just the the way that they dominated the the kicking battle as well, which which allowed them to have all of that territory. I thought a slightly off night actually for Ben Spencer coming back in in the kicking game in particular. I thought he did some other things outstandingly well, but yeah, Wigglesworth got the better of him, I think, from box kicking. Uh, and that allowed Leicester to to be absolutely all over us, and and yeah, could have scored three or four in that first half. It's outrageous! It's outrageous that Wigglesworth is still doing that. You know, twenty mm-hmm. first season in the Premiership, it's ridiculous. And he's going to obviously be called on a lot this season with 
somehow Ben Young's involved with England and 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 uh, Van Portfleet as well. Yeah, I thought mm. at times from the from the kicking, as you say, there was a little bit of a lesson from obviously Ben Spencer's old master in Richards Wigglesworth, but he he got him back a little bit. Did you see? It's a really good, nice moment in the second half where Spencer obviously Spencer grabs Wigglesworth's arm just as he's trying to get the ball out and forces the forces the kind of the fumble and we get the ball back from that. So it's probably a trick that Wigglesworth actually passed on to Spencer. So nice to nice to see him get one over. Uh, get, get get one over him. Get one over him. Then he played full eighty as well, didn't he? Wigglesworth. Yeah. Yes, that is a great achievement. Remarkable. Remarkable. From a, from a man who's twenty six, and I just played my first game back um, for my club in Bath on Saturday. First game in about a season, and Monday night as we record, I peeled myself up. I'm still sore and tired after it. To be going at thirty nine was. Uh, yeah, it was an impressive performance from him. An impressive Bath try, Tom, in that first half as well from Ted Hill and a break sparked by a, a carry from Ollie Lawrence. Those guys massively influential in in a lot of things that we did well all night. And that was a nice try counter-attacking off a, a, a wayward Tigers kick. Yeah, really nice. He, he carried unbelievably hard, didn't he, Ollie Lawrence? And he took a few big shots at times as well, carrying the ball directly into the line at, at full pace. He is, he's some weapon. He's a, he's a bowling ball. Even from the second minute, you know, we got the ball, you know, for the first time and he was straight through beating his man and getting on the outside shoulder. So yeah, he was, he was great. And that was really clinical. As I say, it was the first time that we went into the 22. Noticed there was a bit of space out wide, lovely flat pass on, you know, I was watching it about to say, lovely flat pass from, from Bailey to get Joseph outside and then his characteristic little little step and it's a four on one and uh yeah Ted Hill kind of too much power and 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 gets through. So yeah we we are we are clinical on 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 counter attack and it was a it was it was a well taken try and those Worcester guys again and I thought Jamie Shilcock at the back who had a mm. had a pretty tidy game, you know, out of his preferred position. Those guys have just been have just been massive for us as we as we've been saying and brought brought so much energy and just sitting in the stands, G, one observation that probably won't have picked up viewers on, on TV, but Ted Hill, incredibly vocal in those in those huddles under the post. You know, he was really holding court and uh, giving the marching orders after that first Namani Nadolo try, where it was Will Butt who made the mistake. So he, you know, made amends after that. But yeah, Ted Hill already showing that he, you know, he's probably a bit of a leader in that group coming from his captaincy at Worcester. Looks a future Bath captain, doesn't he? And I know that we've got Charlie Yule still technically club captain and Ben Spencer club captain this year, but Ted Hill is is looks massively influential already um, on and off the pitch. A much more even second half, Tom, both sides exchanging penalties. And then the last 15 minutes was just so, so kind of up and down um, with loads of loads of key moments, missing touch, charging kicks down. Well, what happened after the mistouch? Yeah, Tom Dunn charged down kick. Um, how the how knock on from Burns. A scrum for Bath against the head. The break down the right-hand side where Anthony Watson incredibly got back to to intercept the pass from, I think it was Gallagher trying to pass it to Butt. Yeah. Um, you know, after Bath a- two minutes out, then winning the penalty at the scrum. And then those last two two minutes started off with an incredible kick from Gallagher from basically the halfway line with no room five, six meters out. And then from that, the mall broke down and, and then eventually, but went, but went into the corner just, yeah, so many moments and so much 
nervousness and tension and so much joy watching it back now three or four times that I have done. Yeah, it was it was brilliant. It, it felt like, you know, we're always slightly behind the eight ball in the game. We're always chasing. We're always Leicester was slightly ahead. And I think one of the things, and we can we can come on to talk to our special guests about this, but I thought that the scrum was incredibly impressive on the night against you know, it was an area we we're worried about against Dan Cole, who's been who's been you know murking people at, at scrum time all all season and and last season. But I thought in particular the the reserve front row that that, that came on. So Tom Dunn, massively influential, obviously had that charge down, which was which was I love that moment. And then Arthur Caldwell, who came on, played twenty five minutes, and he really got the nudge on his 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 opposite his opposite number in 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 Will Hurd and we won I think it was four penalties across the eighty minutes at their scrum time so massive dominance in that area and you know after that Watson interception you thought maybe that was the last chance we had and has Watson salvaged it for them and then yeah with two minutes to go we needed that scrum penalty otherwise it could well have or, you know it could all, all have been over and so for Arthur Caldwell to get the nudge on to to get his opposite man down to ground and to win a clear penalty there. I think that was a that was a massive moment, and I think his scrummaging has gone a little bit under the, the 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 radar. There's been a couple of times he's put in big performances, which you know for a for a young guy at only the age of 23 is 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 impressive and promising promising signs in that department. Huge huge scrum penalty. I remember sat there in that stand where near where the scrum was taken, and I could see in the background the scoreboard four points behind, 90 seconds left, and I just thought, oh, it's been a good effort, but but we're not gonna we're not going to do this. And little did I know what, what was to come. It was a fantastic finale to the, to the game. And yeah, that Gallagher kick was phenomenal mm. skill, not on the right side. Right. So he should left yeah. would be kicking the other side. So he's just like, ah, oh, cause Bailey had obviously missed touch earlier. He was like, oh, I'm, I'm just going to take, take control of this and do this. And yeah, the nerve and the bottle on it was, was fantastic. So really, why they, really call it, why they call it the Gallagher premiership. That is why they call it. Well, I don't think it's why they call it the Gallagher Premiership, but um, maybe maybe yeah. from your point of view. Yeah, brilliant night, um, and we're going to talk more about that evening with our special guest Matt Banham. We'll keep you waiting no longer. Um, oh. Yeah, enjoy this, and thanks for thanks for listening. So now we are absolutely delighted to be joined by Bath legend, 251 games, 100 tries on the dot, a man that needs no introduction, uh, someone that I know a lot of Bath fans see as a bit of a legend, certainly me and Tom, which makes this pretty surreal interview. Matt Banahan, thank you very much for, for joining the Bath Rugby Plug. No, seriously, you could have got my appearances right with 263, but I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> just makes the stri- just, it just makes the strike rate a little bit better, though. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> yeah, thank you for, for joining us. Um, obviously, we're going to preview the Barbarians game, which you're involved in. Is that still seeming like a, a good idea at this point? Uh, at the moment, yes, because I haven't had to do the warm-up or anything. But um, it, in my rugby career, I've always sort of dreamt of, of playing for the Bar Bars, uh, playing against them when I was at England and seeing the, the legacy and the history that goes behind wearing the shirt. Um, even if I get two minutes, ten minutes, or the whole game... Um, who knows it's just the opportunity to run back out of the wreck um, when I retired I, I walked away from the game myself I didn't get a contract taken away from me or retire through injury I walked away from it um, with sort of my, my hands held high saying thank you but um, it was in front of nobody getting carried off the pitch at Quinn's um, unconscious so uh, 
it's just an opportunity to to come back at and say sort of thanks to the, the crowd at the wreck uh, for the support that they gave me over the 12 years. Yeah, I think you were certainly, yeah, didn't get the send-off you wanted to and looking forward to running back out. You were at the the wreck on Friday night on commentary for BBC Radio Bristol. Before we kind of talk about Barbarians, what, what was your thoughts on on that win for Bath and going three from three and what was a incredible finish to the game and an incredible game all round? Yeah, I, I, th- I think that sometimes you've just got to win ugly um, and then sometimes the, the position that um, Bath have been in probably over this year and last year that uh, last season they, they sort of lost a couple of opportunities to win ugly um, and even Northampton had a lot of possession a lot of opportunities to score uh, but Bath ground out that win um, against Leicester Leicester will be shooting themselves in the first half they probably butchered four tries um, and could, could have been so far ahead that they weren't within touching distance um, but they weren't uh, and sort of the resilience that people talk about seeing a team that sometimes aren't, aren't playing on full steam or full confidence um, was shown by Bath they, they, they dug in deep the whole way and these are the small wins that then when it becomes easier, it makes it look a lot uh, smoother. Um, and if you can win like this against good teams, when you, you play against other teams, you can get some good results. And uh, everybody talks about the, the finish by Will Butt. I think he was outstanding last year. I actually think he was one of the strongest players in the squad because his level of performances every time he played were at exactly the same level that I expect somebody to play for Bath with your heart and your sleeve and try 110% with everything. Um, but I break it down to going back to Matt Gallagher's kick. Um, mm. I think that the opportunity of scoring the try wouldn't have happened if uh, he had, hadn't made that kick. Uh, to kick it from seven metres from the touchline, in 10 metres inside your own half, being a left-footer kicking to the left-hand side of the pitch, everything's going against you. It's more of a right-footed kicker, um, but he took the, the reins off Orlando. If Orlando struggling with kicking, I don't know. Um, but the choice was correct. He kicked it to five, six metres out from the try line, which makes scoring a try a lot easier. And at first I thought somebody told me that they had penalty advantage. Um, that's why they pulled it out of the back to go for it. When I watched it, rewatched it again this morning, there was no penalty advantage. They were brave and they backed themselves. Um, and to, to, to get the win, they thoroughly deserved it. Their, their, their first half doggedness, even though we said Leicester threw it away with opportunities, their, the first half doggedness to stay in the fight um, rewarded them in the second half with their performance in the second half was fantastic. Their kick chase, their kick battle, their, their attacking shape um, sort of all came together at the end for that match-winning try. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, I think the, the Gallant kick was amazing and, you know, taking it back a step as well, we, you know, we just mentioned when we were, we were talking before, but Arthur Caldwell coming on, you know, very young guy, only for 25 minutes and to to win that scrum battle so comprehensively, I think it was two penalties at least that he had in that that period, which is I think an area that, you know, we were certainly worried about going into Leicester being kind of a, a very, very strong scrummaging, scrummaging side. But yeah, I think the, the the general point as well about, you know, having a winning mentality and finding ways to win games in previous seasons, I think we would have rolled over and we would have conceded a couple of those tries and the game would have completely got away from us. So you've, you've obviously been in teams that have got that winning mentality. You've also been in teams that have probably, probably struggled and just found ways to, to, to lose the game. When you look at the Bath team this season, you compare it to how we played last season. What kind of changes and what improvements have you have you have you kind of kind of seen? Um, I actually believe the the injection of the Worcester boys, um, especially Ollie Lawrence and Ted Hill, um, more so those two that I know more of. That one's a captain, 
was the captain of Worcester and one was the, the standout 13 for them. Worcester was always a team that would be trying the absolute hardest to get off the bottom of the table and pinch points here, there and everywhere. Um, so the way they used to play, the way they used to turn up to training was always to try and get the results, always try and win. Whether or not it was, happened at Bath, people had been there a long time, hadn't been pushed, hadn't been, as a squad, we were very quite happy just sitting there because the changeover of coaches every so often, as a player, you, you feel quite um, not, not a bit fractured. You don't feel like who, who you know you're following. Um, and I feel that with the involvement of Ted Hill, Ollie Lawrence and the other Worcester boys who've come on board, they've, they've lifted this Bath squad to the same mentality of, and desire and aspirations of the Worcester team we're playing at. No disrespect, mm-hmm. to, disrespect to Worcester, but Bath have a stronger squad. They have a, a stronger uh, structure of a team. They have uh, a team that should be competing with every team in the league. And I think mm-hmm. that their desire and their hunger on the ball, off the ball, at training ground, the levels that these boys have expected themselves at Worcester, as soon as they've come up to a stronger squad, has raised those boys up. Um, and that, and that, to me, is is one of the things. I think some smart signings as well. I, I really like the, the signing of Wesley White. Um, he was in Jersey with my parents over there. Um, he just works really hard and sometimes that's what you need in the premiership you need somebody who's going to work extremely hard and chase everything and I love seeing him come off the bench um, you've got the big second rows you've got three big second rows in there now you need them in the powerhouse um, I think that Matt Gallagher when you need a, a, a somebody who can be multiple position in the back three he's been able to move around as well as you've got Max Jeremy, Jonathan Joseph who I think have both stepped up now with Ollie Lawrence and then Cam Redpath, you're now building a squad now, and then it's about the sort of the attitude to keep moving forward and improving. And this is going to be a, sort of an exciting time. I definitely feel that the three from three is a is a turning point for them. Um, and I just hope that they just momentum sometimes is going to stall. You're going to lose games, but they just can't lose sight of what they have done in this period of play. Yeah, I mean, that's I was, I, was, I was just going to say, I think that's a great point because about about kind of those guys fighting for wins because. You know, if you if, if you look at the Munster side that Johan van Gran, uh, you know, obviously presided over, they had a lot lot of talent and a lot of resources, but very much their mentality, their style of play was we're going to fight for every single inch and we're going to get up and just basically find a win to uh, find a way to win. So hopefully those players, you know, obviously in unfortunate circumstances, but also have come in and fit quite well into that new, you know, van Gran Ferreira style of style of coaching as well. Yeah, there's they're they're, they're all top quality rugby players that's why they've, they've signed professional contracts they, they have an ability to move from coach to coach and and follow the coach's directions and inside there even though you've got Jay Ferreira defence coach defence has improved this year um, mm. I still think we can it's always a site where you can always get better um, it's very easy we're still conceding tries but at the end of the day if you win by one point and it's 50-49 it doesn't matter you still win it doesn't make much difference um, I think Johan's got the attitude change in the boys and it was nice to see at the weekend with um, the ball getting... I thought they looked really dangerous against Leicester when they start shifting it to the edges. Um, when you get JJ and Ollie Lawrence one-on-ones, and then you've got the Will Buck running hard, uh, Matt Gallagher coming onto it. They've got a variety there of people who can do danger uh, rather than just the kick battle. Obviously, the kick battle is part and part of the game, but they look really good. And that, that will go down to Joe Maddox, bringing the, his experience and playing in Super 15 with Canterbury Crusaders and... Being a bath boy, he, he's. I learned a lot from Joe through, in my coaching, my playing, how I deliver when I coach now, and that will be the the Joe uh, side of it. Is when they want to get the ball to the edge, they look after it and they stretch teams. 
he was all right. He was all right in the wide channels, wasn't he? Yeah, he was unbelievable. <laughs> I, I was the heavy one. I ran into people, and then yeah, he could run round into the space. <laughs> one one bath winger that is yeah starting to run into people in a similar way to to what you did is a guy that you've spoken a little bit about there and Will Butt, and obviously he was the at the centre of that finish on Friday night. Is that is he a player that you kind of see almost? see some of the way you used to play um, out on the wing and in those channels? Is that something, when you watch him, do you see similarities with, with how you used to play, Matt? Um, I actually I actually like the way he plays, but I, for me, Everly has their own playing style and how it wants. I'd love to see him at 12, run like that at 12, mm. um, because the, the back three people are so elusive in the squad when they're fully fit that somebody running like that, two people are going to have to sit on him at 12 and you have a good ball distributing 10, and then you have somebody like Ollie Lawrence, possibly at 13, who can move away and create one-on-ones. Um, he's playing out there out of probably injury. As, as of last year, a lot of back three players getting injured. Um, but to have versatility in the Premiership is only going to strengthen your own argument about getting selected for matchday squads. And every time he plays, he doesn't let the team down. He doesn't let himself down. Um, and for him to keep playing like this, I know he's a centre normally, but to have the ability to go on the wing to help the team, he's doing a fantastic job as well. Yeah, and um, I was just going to ask you, obviously, in commentary, what did you make of the atmosphere and the general, um, the general feeling, like during and after the game? I mean, the the scenes after the game, having been there, was some of the best I can remember. I think it actually rivals uh, your last game with the 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 can of Thatchers going through the tunnel in in, in twenty eighteen when we beat Irish, and you got the hat trick that day. But it was incredible, incredible scenes and sweet. It was definitely, it was definitely nothing near that like that day. That day, that day was way better. Um, I, I, I just, in, in a way, I think that the, the fans, even if the game had stayed the way it was without the, that last uh, try, I still think the fans would have brought a great atmosphere because they saw a team dogged try and, and get mm. it out. Um, and in a way, against Leicester, when you get the win, I, I feel a lot of the fans were like, oh, yes. It wasn't the one that got away. I think that's what that's what created the atmosphere. Um, that people were. It is a big rivalry, Bath Leicester. It always has been, always will be. Um, the atmosphere is incredible on a Friday night, and to see how many people stayed there to the end. You, you, we talk about when you're four or five points behind previous years. People started leaving ten minutes for the end. Nobody mm-hmm. left because they could see a team that were trying, digging, and you could feel the momentum shift. That that point of 10-15 minutes to go when uh, Landy missed touch and everybody thought oh here we go and then Freddie then drop kicked it into Dunny's face and then yeah. th- then it got the penalty and then instead of going for corner they took the three points and that's why I said they should have taken three points the first time I said on commentary um, but they sort of wasted that four minutes there messing around but they took the three points they got themselves back in the game and the, the relief of the fa- the support I think was one of the, what what created the atmosphere. Everybody was like, "This we could get this, we could get this," and then they celebrate like mad and mm. to get a bit over Leicester because it doesn't matter what team they put out, they are still the reigning Premiership champions. So and the, and the boys did a great job. It was a great atmosphere on Friday night, and it's going to be a great atmosphere on Sunday, Matt. When you run out for the Barbarians against Bath, moving on to that, then how does? How does that work? Obviously, they've got a game against Harlequins on Thursday evening. Are you with the squad now? Are you joining up with them later in the week? Are you just there on Sunday? What What's the plan? Uh, I am. I'm at home with my crazy family. Um, <laughs> I meet. I meet up with them. They play Thursday. I meet up with them Friday. 
and then we have one training session on Saturday um, and then play Sunday. True barbarian style. <laughs> what are you expect? How are you expecting to pull up in, in training? Presumably, have you been in a rugby pitch in anger since, since that final game? Uh, yeah, I've played, I played in Billy 12, she's testimonial game. I played pretty much the whole of that. Played half in the second row. Played you, with played, oh, second row. Wow. Yeah, I played, with, I played with Jim Hamilton in the second row and I played the rest on the wing with Charlie Sharples. Um, and then I played in the RFU game uh, with Mike Tyndall, Dylan Armitage, Tom Woods about two weeks ago. Played, that was in 60 minutes. Uh, and then I played last May, I played in a Vets game in Jersey, Jersey via Guernsey. Um, so like I said, very fortunate touch word that I, I walked away from the game so I can still move. I can still run. Um, obviously these are boys that are athletes. Now they train week in, week out daily. Uh, I'm just doing one little gym session every so often just to try and keep the weight off. Um, but to me, it's rugby. I'll, I'll still make the right decisions. Still, I still know how to pass and kick. Um, I just can't run as fast as I once would probably when I was 16. I slowed down for a whole career. I never got faster. <laughs> Sounds like a match fit. <laughs> no, I'm trying to. Yeah, I just, I'm probably in some of the best nick I've ever been, but <laughs> I just, I, I, I'm just I'm not in rugby fit. I've actually tried to get generally fit rather than uh, full of muscle and lifting yeah. heavy weights. So I don't have to do that anymore. I've got goals to look after. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I mean, we... Most of our listeners probably saw on social media kind of a little bit about how this came about. But why don't you just um, explain how... I think the the club social media account were involved, involved a little bit in chucking you a bit of a hospital pass. But how did it how did it come about? And um, yeah, maybe tell tell our kind of listeners how you how you heard from... Presumably it was Scott Robinson or, Scott Robertson or someone who got in touch with you. Well, I, um, I, when I knew that they were playing at Bath, I... I know a few people who do barbarian selections and stuff like that. So I got them um, sending feelers that way. And after a couple of weeks of them sending those feelers, I saw that Northampton had announced that um, Tom Wood and Luther Burrell were playing. And I thought, oh, well, that's interesting because they're ex-Northampton boys. And then I saw Quinns announce Mike Brown were playing for Barbars. And I thought, well, surely it makes sense that if I play for Barbars against um, thing. Then I went really quiet for a bit. And then I, I met up with Tarquin uh, at one of the games. And I explained it to Tarquin and Tarquin said, um, I'll, I'll, I'll send a message. And him and Stu uh, Hooper um, were on the same wavelength as me. They think it was a good idea that I'd come back for this one game. Um, so I can't thank all the boys I know for the, the Barbarian side, pushing it from their side and from Tarquin and Stu, who mm. thought it'd be a great opportunity to come back and have one more little well, run out even if it, like I said if it's a full game if it's 10 minutes 20 minutes 2 minutes it's still coming back on the pitch for some time and um, I'm looking forward to it what shirt, what shirt number are you going to be wearing? Uh, I don't know because I said it doesn't it depends on the team and who can get through Thursday night uh, for them because I think there's a squad of 25 yeah I think two people won't play unless we just have 25 on the pit bench um, and then I'm sure some boys might roll out Thursday not feeling the best yeah um, and then, well, yeah. Zach Mercer, uh, Mercer was saying, in, um, he obviously well, he got man of the match uh, in the, the game against All Blacks 15. And he was saying in the lead up that they trained twice, had pretty two pretty light touch training sessions, and he didn't get above 50% running speed in in any of those. So um, 
I think you'll be you'll be you'll you'll be fine. You'll be fine. You'll be fine wherever you play. And um, if we, if, yeah, if we don't get if we don't get above fifty percent in the game, I'll be all right. <laughs> <laughs> which more importantly, which socks are, are you going to wear? Um, um, blue, black, and white, or the jersey ones, or God forbid, the Gloucester ones. No, I well, I, I, had a, <laughs> I actually had a, a good think about this. I, I spoke to my mum and dad about it as well, and it's it's not only. Uh, the legacy of the game and the history you're, you're creating your own legacy at the time um, and even though I'd played for Bath for 12 years uh, I'd played for Gloucester for three I'm the first jerseyman ever to play in the Barbars game for Barbarians um, so my mum and dad are bringing me over my red and black socks from the rugby club um, to wear in the game because I said I'd much rather be the, the first of something mm. to, to represent the Barbarians so uh, I'm going to wear my jersey socks and be, be a proud jerseyman and be the first person to to wear them, wearing them for the barbarians. The yeah, jersey yeah, jersey juggernauts back slow. Do it for the cold <laughs> trip. And the, th- the thing there are still tickets available. So yeah, if you are in the area on Sunday afternoon, absolutely get down there and and watch what's going to be a fantastic, a fantastic day. I was just going to ask Matt because uh, yeah, well, you, you mentioned Gloucester and definitely don't want to dwell on that or, or talk about that 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 too much. Not that we blame you, obviously, it's a business and all that, but. Um, I was we're watching kind of Anthony Watson, obviously playing for Leicester in his first game back at the wreck against Bath. And you obviously, you know, would have been in the, the the same shoes, but it must be strange when you move to a rival club, you, you know, you had, he had nine years there, you had 12 years there. Um, and then suddenly you're playing back at the wreck against your ex-teammates in, you know, uh, con, you know environment that's so familiar uh, against your fans and obviously you had that try, didn't you, in your first season to to get the thirty-five all draw at the wreck. But how does it feel, sort of being on the other side and playing against a club that you you know you you, you played for 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 so long? The the, the the weirdest one is this: if if somebody's got a big brother or big sister, that you'll understand that if you can fight against your siblings when you're a kid, you can fight against anybody, even if they're <laughs> your friends. Um, it's the only easiest way I can put it. Um, coming back and playing. But the hardest thing, some a couple of the hardest things was walking up the stairs to the changing room, turning left instead of right <laughs> and warming up at the wrong ends of the pitch <laughs> because I'd done it so many times that I'd go up, turn right into change rooms and I'd walk out the change onto the pitch and I'd walk up that side. They were the strangest feelings that I had to go into a different change room and warm up at the other end. The rest mm. of the time, we smashed seven bells the hell out of each other in training anyway. Because yeah. <laughs> on a Tuesday you do fifteen v fifteen, and Thursday you do fifteen v fifteen. So nothing really um, changed about the colour of your shirt, um, but it was just the the, the 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 surreal bits of walking into a different change room and train down the other end. It's like I said, if you've got siblings and you're so used to fighting, uh, you get more excited. You really do get more excited about playing with people you know or against people you know because you're trying to get one up on them. And I know that when I go on the pitch on Sunday, how long? somebody's going to try and cheap shot me. Mm. And I'm putting, I'm putting money on it with Tom Dunn. <laughs> <laughs> he's got the, he's rumoured to have the hardest head in, 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 in the world, in world history. So you don't want yeah, to, every time he gets hit, every time he gets hit, it swells up to a little bit bigger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, aside then from running out in the occasional game, testimonial game or vets game, what, what are you up to now, Matt, post career? Um, I know that you've been doing some coaching. I know that you're, playing a lot of golf as well. Why don't you let the, the fans know what, what you've been up to? Yeah, I'm uh, my, my full-time job is with Bendak Group. So we're the UK's leading LED solutions company. So 
Um, we do LED screens at football stadiums, in corporate, uh, in big yachts, um, all over shopping malls, casinos. Um, my boss is Kevin Yates, who used to play prop for Bath, Saracens, England. Um, it's me and Kevin trying to take on the world as well as the DaCosta family, who are our bosses. Um, mm. As well as that, I am an RFU sighting officer. So I watch games from the championship and the ladies to make sure there's no active foul play, which is me giving back to the game. Um, and then with my coaching, I've got all my coaching badges to coach at top level, but I just, I'm one of those people, I don't, I'm not really that risky. I, I didn't want to be in a coaching role in a professional club and lose my job after six months, eight months, two years. I like stability. Um, so I'm one of the first team coaches up at Kingswood School in Bath um, with Digby Webb. Um, and I've got a really good, talented bunch of boys there. Um, I think there's quite a fair few of them in the Bath Academy. And if they, they if they stay under my wing, I'll give them the chat. If they stay under my wing, there'll be some future stars there for for Bath rugby to hang their hat on. And um, it's it's great giving back to to schools and teaching these kids the right way to play rugby. Um, if it's not just playing good style of rugby, but to have the right manners, I think manners are a massive thing in rugby. Um, being humble, working hard, um, speaking to people nicely. Um, and that's one of the things I'm enjoying about coaching up there as well as my other two other main jobs. Any names that any names that you would uh, you'd pick out about potential future stars? I'd never want to under the banner have wing. any kids at that nice. age. I wouldn't want to put any kids because they develop so differently. But uh, this year's squad is mm. fantastic. We've we've I can't remember how many games we played now, seven, and we've lost one, one, six, or something like that. So as as a squad, I, I, the way I coach, we we want to be a, a full team that anybody can score, anybody can touch the ball. Um, we're not built around one or two people. Um, and they're, they're, their listening skills are are, are brilliant. And the, the school have done such a great job with them. And they're, they're fine young men. And um, looking forward to seeing how their pathway may continue in professional rugby or going to university which a couple of them said they, they weren't thinking about doing and now they are because they're looking at rugby places um, and it's really exciting to see that that's the start of their journey but I'm still there for the following year to get another batch of kids coming through and yeah. um, start their journey there again So you didn't fancy going down the route of another West Country uh, sporting legend Peter Trigo and trying your hand at professional golf? No I, 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 it was one of those ones I've got plenty of good friends who are young kids who are up at like Cumberwell where I play um, who are plus figures and scratch like me and I just thought if, if you turn pro off scratch I feel like you're possibly taking away the advantage of some young kids dream um, and I love playing amateur golf that playing touring around the southwest playing county matches for, uh, for Wiltshire um, or playing first team golf game for Cumberwell you, you don't have that fun when you play pro because it's all, all for money and I'm not good enough for that but I just enjoy having a, a knock around. Playing off scratch, not bad. Yeah, but that's the problem is I'm scratch and kids who are turning pro now play at turning pro plus five. So after two rounds of golf, they'll be 10 shots better than you. So you've got to weigh up the orders of trying to win yeah. money. Yeah. Well, Matt, thank you um, ever so much for, for joining us. That was great to catch up with you about what you're up to now. And off to the gym, aren't you? Uh, off oh, to the gym? Man. Yeah, off to the gym now. Only a couple of days left till I have to drop my lungs out my bottom and see how long I can last. So I've got to get a fit somehow. Beach rates, few beach weights before you, uh, yeah, before you peel on that, peel, peel on they, that shirt. If you ask all the boys to play, I hate weights. Thing. I hate weights. I sit on a walk bike and just turn my legs over and sweat. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, get yourself down to the wreck on Sunday if you haven't already got a ticket. If not, to just see the cheap shot from Tom Dunn on X Bath Legend, Matt Banahan. Matt, thank you for for joining us. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Um, great win, great week. We've got another big guest lined up for the podcast next week. So hit subscribe and that'll be delivered straight to your device and stick behind the boys through thick and thin. Mm-hmm.